If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends. If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Alex. Heyo! And for the first time ever on a nostalgia episode, Sif Pop writer Austin, but also not that Austin. <laughs> uh, hello, hello. That's right, we got new Austin, Austin with an E-N, uh, joining us today. Austin, one of the new Sif Pop writers that we've been fortunate enough to have writing for the past, has it been like a month or so now? About that. All right. Yeah, so I'm, my timing's about right. I don't know, I just, all my dates seem to be kind of kind of wherever. But uh, all, all of us, we write for SifPop.com. We provide you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So go ahead and check out the website, SifPop.com, and keep up with all of that. But on the podcast, on this show, we're going to talk about a coming attraction. And obviously, we're talking about Black Widow, since that comes out this week. In case you didn't know for some stupid... Uh, but Black Widow coming out. Uh, and then we're going to uh, talk about a Sif topic, which is our nostalgia pick. So we're talking about some Puss in Boots, because... Alex and I seem to have that Shrek thing going, and Austin was like, Puss in Boots sounds good, and I'm good with that. And, uh, and it's like, all right, so we'll do Puss in Boots. Uh, and then after we're done talking about Puss in Boots for a hot second, then we'll do Best Ever, uh, the B-plot, which is Best Ever spin-off movies, giving, given that both Puss in Boots and Black Widow are spin-off movies. Spin-off movies or TV shows um, decided to do that. We'll do that Trump style, um, so we'll do that uh, Pop Weekly style. And we'll move on with the spinoff. Quick recommender, one from each one of us, and we'll wrap up the show. I've talked too much. Um, let's see. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to ask for your abbreviated version since you've been on the show twice. So we've gotten the chance to ask you these questions. When did you realize that you had a passion for movies? Um, I was a wee little boy who got to see Jurassic Park for the 20th anniversary in 3D. And I loved it. And I was like, wow, this hits different. The music's good. The visuals are good, and I felt different, and I was like, all right, movies are my thing. And from there on out, I was a man. Did I did I tell the story when you said that that I went to go see the 20th anniversary release in IMAX and snuck in deep-fried macaroni and cheese bites in my pocket? <laughs> no, I did not hear that story. <laughs> we, ha- we have a white castle just around the corner from our, our TV show, our, our movie theater, and... Uh, uh, they were, they had a limited run on mac and cheese. But let me tell you something. Look, White Castle's got some trashy food, but it's that kind of trashy food that you love. And man, when they had deep fried mac and cheese bites, they were like some of the best. Of- so mm. I hereby start a petition for White Castle to bring back mac and cheese bites. Uh, also to open one up in Iowa City. So um, cool. So Alex, remind us, what's your favorite movie? Uh, it just, it really just, I'm one of those people that's like, it depends on the week. You know what? This week I'm going to go with Avengers Endgame. Ooh, I'm just going okay. with something completely different. Cause like I've been rewatching that a lot lately. And, uh, cause I did like a couple of MCU movie rewatches for Black Widow coming up this week. I was like, yeah, this is, uh, 
it was this week that I realized it's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. And right now it's my favorite movie of all time. That's a, that's a pretty respectable choice. It's look, at least on the grand scale, like the grand scale of things, like it's done what no movie has done before. And like, that's insane to think of for how long movies have been around and how creative they've gotten recently. So yeah, very cool. Very cool. Austin, uh, now I get to ask you the questions for the very first time. Uh, when did you realize that you had a passion for these? Uh, going to Blockbuster, Hollywood Video type places with my parents and then eventually with my grandfather on Friday nights. Uh, I would get a list every Tuesday and then go get a uh, stack of movies for the weekend. All right. I've been watching movies ever since. Man, Hollywood Video is a name that I've not heard in a long time. Oh, yeah. It was it was Blockbuster and Family Video by me, but Blockbuster was closer, so that's when we went. Um, and then by the time I went to college, Blockbuster had gone away um when all of them so uh then it was family videos for a while and now they're gone too so i guess we just can't have nice things um <laughs> i'm pretty sure hollywood mm-hmm. video went out before blockbuster did so yeah uh when i turned 18 you had to be 18 to work there i was like yes i get to go to apply and they closed within like a month after i turned 18 <laughs> wow Look, I remember applying for a family video while I was in college, and I got rejected. Like, like so apparently, like, they have a really extensive, like, a really um, high expectations for their employees. Like, I got the first interview, and they're like, all right, I have to send you this questionnaire. I have to send you this test to take. And it's, like, a bunch of math stuff. They're like, you think it's stuff you're never going to use, but I promise you use it every day. And, like, I thought I did well on it, but apparently I didn't because I never got a call back. So, you know. It is what it is. Um, so, Austin, what's your favorite movie? But specifically, like, tell me what your favorite movie is. But I really want to know, like, why that's your favorite movie. Like, what makes that movie beyond excellent? Uh, probably Titanic. I have seen it at least once a year since it came out. I was five when it came out, I think. It was in 97. Um, and I originally just fell in love with the idea of the story when I was a kid. But more of watching it as an adult, I just love how they were able to make it look like you were on a ship again. And be able to, the cinematography and the score of that movie, just, I I love it. I still watch it about once a year. I watched it about a year ago. Chantal and I recorded an episode, a little bit less than a year ago. I think it was like October. Uh, Man, I, I, there's a lot to admire about that movie, but... Uh, and I, like, obviously like you're not alone. There's a lot of people that that's their favorite movie. I'm pretty sure Dicer's it's in his top hundred somewhere. Like you're definitely not alone, but that is a movie that has not held up well for me. To... Well, I do agree. Anyway. There are other love stories that are better that I've learned of what happened on the Titanic. That sure. They you know, did a, that true, based on a true story spin too. That could have yeah. been a little bit better. And like, look, I'm not trying to hate on your favorite movie, right? Like, you know, we're, uh, uh, you know cool for you uh i wish i could love this movie the way, or way you do um i did when i was young but uh you know just like pearl harbor i i would watch you know the tragic scene and that would be it just watch that on loop uh anyway uh let's move on to the the next question then uh and that is uh, uh austin we're gonna stick with you here for a second how'd you get involved in writing for zip pop uh frank uh kemp retweeted the uh link on twitter that y'all had y'all were looking for writers and i just happened to be on twitter that night and Thought about it the next day and then sent y'all a sample of a BEC of Die Hard. Yeah, um, so we're going to hear that story a lot. That's how all our new writers happen. We, we made a post on Letterboxd and on Twitter and on Instagram and stuff like that. And we just said, like, hey, if we're looking for writers. And look, we're always interested in bringing on new writers. So if you're listening to the show and you're like, I missed my chance. Like, no, you didn't. Just email writersroom at com and be like, hey, I'm interested in writing for com. 
we'll get you hooked up. But uh, yeah, like uh, we, we, we put it out and we got a massive response. It was really cool. Uh, what, what made you decide to pull the trigger? What made you decide like, all right, like I'll, I'll give it a shot. I've been wanting to get into writing movie reviews and talking about movies because I've, I've been obsessed with movies my entire life and just looking for an outlet to share my thoughts on movies. I started doing Letterboxd early this year and just wanted to find a way to be able to start talking about it, turn my hobby of love for movies into something maybe I could do long-term later in life. Nice. Sweet. Uh, Alex, give us the give us the rundown. Give us a reminder. How'd you get involved in writing for Sif Pop? Um, so I got kind of like the same situation, but this was uh, before you know, everyone had jumped on board before there was a whole team together. It was uh, Aaron Dicer being like, hey, I'm putting, you know, I'm recruiting people for like Avenger style. I'm recruiting writers for, uh, you know, a website. And we're going to do some stuff. And I sent in a thing and I heard back immediately. And he's like, hey, we'll have you on a list. And I got the email, but it was like marked as spam. So like two months after everyone started writing, I was like, oh, I guess I didn't make it. And I was cleaning out my email. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, hey, uh, uh, Blake, because Blake was the uh, managing editor at the time. I was like, is this a, I didn't know. And so luckily I got, I'm on board. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And I've been here since for two years now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you date, you predate me. So um, I, I, I'm writing about two years too. I, I joined right about, uh, I joined like a week before Detective Pikachu came out and Blake let me write for Detective. So I think you predate me, Alex. Oh, nice. Uh, but that's not uncommon. Uh, so, all right, I have uh, one one more question for you, Alex, and that I I really butchered. Uh, I was talking about the the stories at Sposkers um, that that we got to tell some of our favorite like theater experience stories, and I mentioned Frank, and I had Frank kind of retell his uh, his King Kong story, but a censored version of it. Um, I can't remember what movie you were at or anything about what the person you will you give us the PG version of, of, of your favorite theater experience? Sure. So it was opening night for the last Jedi and everyone's familiar. If you at least know what last Jedi is, you, you've heard of the scene where Holdo does her so-called whole maneuver. And for a brief second, it you like nobody was expecting this to just ever happen in a Star Wars movie. But being there on opening night, it was incredible. And when it cuts immediately, there's silence. There's nothing happening. It's like a few good seconds. No, nothing is. You don't hear anything. And out of nowhere, like a couple rows down. Remember opening night, one random dude. And I'll I'll give you the PG version. Goes, oh my god! And I loved it. Nice. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure there was a different phraseology <laughs> uh, yeah. now that I'm recalling it. Uh, but but yeah, man, I remember I was in an IMAX dome theater that night, which I will never go back to an IMAX dome theater for a theatrical movie. But uh, I, no. it was such a cool experience. And like, I remember I, I went and saw the movie alone. And there's <laughs> a bunch like. I just made friends with the people sitting next to me because I'm an extrovert that way. And, like, just got to sit and talk with them. And, like, just looking around the theater at everybody, like, glued to the screen, dead silent, whether you like the movie or not, everybody respected the hell out of that moment. So, um, <laughs> except for those people, except for those nerds that are like, actually, hyperspace doesn't work that way. It actually works with the and just shut up uh yeah. <laughs> enjoy star wars you're ruining it for us uh all right i have one silly question uh random question i gotta stop saying silly it's a random question uh and here we go here it is here it is um if you could run one business for one day what would it be and what change would you make mm, that's Ooh. a good one 
I I would run Apple for a day, and I would stop all the BS. Like this- I'm talking killing old phone batteries. I'm talking you know ripping off ideas from other people, things like that. I'm talking like all the stupid features they have, specifically getting rid of the lightning port. Freaking lightning port is just like I get it. It's a business model. It's how they make money because you can't just buy an HDMI and plug it into your computer. You have to do a lightning port. But no, I will stand for everybody who's just saying, I'm already spending $1,200 on your computer. I should be able to do whatever the hell I want with it. So I got your back, people. I don't really care what I, what they do with iPhone. I'm going to stick with it, even running <laughs> Apple. Maybe I'll just sell iPhone to Android. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so I think what I would do is I would love to run Google for a day because Google has got a lot going on. That's true. And the number one place that I'd look to is YouTube and say, all right, we're going to disable the copyright uh, thing. Copyright claims, copyright strikes. It's going off for at least 24 hours. I just want to see everything break loose. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> you, you just like the joke in the dark night. You just want to see chaos. Yep. Man, look, and if you ran Google for one day, you'd be like set for life money. Oh, yeah. What about you, Austin? Uh, well, for me, probably WB, but back like two, three years ago. And funnel okay. all of my money into the Arrowverse and CW. Uh, okay. Just because a lot of their shows could have been a lot better if they had a lot more budget and a lot more like care from the WB people from upstairs. Okay. And especially uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover. Man, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about the Arrowverse later, but... Look, I, I really think Warner was the problem with the show, with the shows. Like, they're totally fine shows casted really well, but like, because they're confined to the CW, they fall into, you know, Gossip Girl and 90210 story arcs. And it's like, nobody watches Green Arrow for, to see, you know, the Olicity romance and like, who's kissing who and like, all right, I'll get off my soapbox. Unless you're my mom, that is. Mm. Unless I'm Alex's mom, which I am uh, not, by the way. Um, <laughs> in case it was confusing. <laughs> hey, you guys ready to talk about Black Widow? Yes. All Let's right. bring it. Let's do it. So Black Widow, synopsis for... Look, I'm not going to give an actual synopsis of the story because I think there's so much we don't know. I think the trailer is specifically vague. Marvel has been doing a really good job with that kind of stuff. Uh, this is about Natasha Romanov, and this takes place between the events of Civil War and Infinity War. Um, certain characters, cast members going to come up. Um, I think it's all pretty much new people. Th- this is uh, this is Marvel's finally doing it. They're finally giving Black Widow her own movie after fans have been saying we want it for so long. And of course, they don't give it to her until after she's dead because reasons, I guess. I don't know. Um, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> So uh, we, we have this anticipation level on how we uh, judge whether we're going to see stuff and uh, or how soon we're going to see stuff. Um, and so the, the scale goes uh, opening weekend, discount night, wait to rent it at home, wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for or just not interested in watching this movie. Austin, how are you feeling about Black Widow on that scale? Uh, I'm going opening weekend, probably Saturday night. Okay. How do you feel, Alex? I'm going to go for opening night because I, I'm i huge on the MCU I, in the past few years. Like I always 
was a fan, but it's been like the last few years, at least like going into phase three that I was like, all right, I'm on board. I want to see every single one of these in theaters. And if it's got a character that I love, I got to be there opening night. And uh, I just, I've always wanted to see a Black Widow movie and they're finally doing it. So this is, it just feels so good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to also be going to see this opening night, although my anticipation level is lower. I'm probably right about like a matinee. Uh, like I'm not going to not see this opening night, but I'm just not opening night excited about this. Um, if you know, um, this should also be noted. This is going to be hitting Disney plus premier access. No way I'm doing that. Uh, unless (laughs) it's for repeat viewings, but either way, I'd probably just wait two months until it's on Disney plus. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to be paying the premier access fee. Uh, um, and I'm not going to see black widow that way. Cause this is a theatrical experience. Uh, I think the only, since the Avengers, um, I don't think I saw. I think Captain America: The First Avenger was the no. I saw Iron Man two because that was the same summer I saw King of the Crystal Skull. Um, really underwhelming summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, I saw Iron Man two and I saw Captain America in theaters, and then after Avengers, I've been opening night IMAX to all of them except for Thor: The Dark World and Ant Man and the Wasp. I got to them like opening weekend, but it was not opening night and like. You know, I think if I don't see him on opening night, it's just a bad omen for the movies. Because yeah. arguably two of the least good MCU movies. Um, definitely the worst. And uh, what is certainly in the conversation for the other. Um, all right. Here's, a, here's another kind of question I wanted to ask before we could talk about things. How soon does this movie reach a billion dollars worldwide? Worldwide. It's going to hit it. It's going to hit it. So when? Okay, so... My, because you know we're still coming back to theaters, but as you can see with like Fast and Furious, like how much did it make? Like I saw like four hundred million, right? Oh, I haven't even checked. I can do that oh. while you're while you give your theorizing. All right, yeah. So, uh, the whole pandemic thing is like thrown me off. To even guessing when it could, because like it seems like a movie that should make over a billion dollars, but uh, oof. I'm going to take a guess and say somewhere around at least right before a month. If if my thought on like how the speed of people going back to the theaters is. Okay. I oof, It's a hard one for me. Austin, you have any thoughts? Uh, over the weekend or the week after. I think a lot of... where If you tie in with Premier Access and theaters, it, it'll probably within the first couple weeks. Okay. Um, looks like F9, the Fast Saga, at the time of recording, which is just Monday... Um, it has made 497 worldwide, although it should be noted this film came out like a month early international, like than it did in North America. Um, mm-hmm. like it did come out early. Um, so there was a bunch of copies swirling the internet, um, which probably also impacted domestic box office. And of course, um, theaters not being fully opened probably did not help. Uh, it looks like it's total. It's made just under 500 men so far, but like, I think people have said for a while, isn't Black Widow going to be the movie that gets people back in theaters? Like, I mean, A Quiet Place, I think, did better than everybody was expecting. And F9 is doing good. Not fat, not Furious 7 good, but um, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people that would happily skip out on F9. But, like, I don't know anybody that's not going to skip one way or another Black Widow. So, um, you know, what the next MCU. So, um, I don't know. I... I, I, I... <laughs> Well, are they gonna? Do you know? Because like I, it's they're only counting box office, right? Do yeah. Do you think they'll include Disney Plus in that? Or no, it's a separate stat. 
Well, if you combined it, would you count it? Do you think? It, I would, but they. I don't think like Box Office Mojo doesn't. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I think it might take a couple weeks, but we'll see. Um. All right. Into into the movie itself. Um. Let's see. You guys both seemed a little bit more excited about this. Why don't, why don't one of you just pick it up and run with it? Like, other than the fact that it's the next MCU movie, why why are we excited to see this? You want to go first or me? I mean, I can. All right. Cool. Uh, for me, Florence Pugh. Um, I really like her. After fighting with my family, Midsommar, and um, The Little Women, all in one year, I was like, I was excited when she was announced for Black Widow. I don't even know what she's going to really do in Black Widow, but I'm excited for her. She's really good. And then after the Avengers game, I got really excited because of Taskmaster. He's a villain mm-hmm. in that, too, and he's a very complex villain for MC for Marvel and MCU. And so I'm excited because of both of them. Like uh, Black Widow's never been like my top favorite heroes in the Avengers, but I, I'm really ready for the story. And it was supposed to be my back-to-theater movie until it got pushed back to July. Okay. Um, this is definitely, this was definitely one of my most anticipated movies of last year that's finally getting to come out. But, uh, I've always, man, so I, I didn't, uh, cause I wasn't watching all the MC movies until right after Avengers. Like I saw a few of them, but you know, that's the one that was like, Oh, okay. I'm totally interested in this. And I remember being there opening weekend, like the first Avengers movie. And one of the first questions I had when I just saw this character on screen, I was only thinking one thing at the time, actually probably two things, but one thing I was thinking at the time was, uh, when is, when were we getting this movie? And it just like every phase kept coming out after that, like two whole phases. I was like, where's this movie at? And you know, end game. I'm pretty sure we can talk about it. It's the highest grossing all time. You know, after she dies, I was like, why that was stupid and then they're finally do i don't know what they're gonna do now but i am more than excited to see where this goes uh and i'm just glad that she's finally getting her due yeah um look this movie's long overdue uh that's for sure um i i don't know i just there, there there's a there's a part of it of like you've killed off this character and now like i don't think the stakes are going to be there right we'll never sense black widow being in any actual danger because we know how things end up. And we know that the David Harbour character and the uh, Florence Pugh character and the Rachel Weisz character all aren't in Infinity War Endgame. doesn't mean they're not alive. doesn't mean they're not around or whatever. But, like, we kind of know the outcome. It's it's prequelitis. Um, and yeah. so there's something a little less exciting about that. Um, I think Taskmaster is a great villain. I just don't know. Like, how is Black Widow going to stand up to Taskmaster? Um, like, that's... Seems like a really big power imbalance. Um, I mean, since Taskmaster is a pretty notoriously fantastic four villain, um, I think primarily. So, um, you know, downgrading from Fantastic Four to um, is flexible and whose guns okay. Um, <laughs> 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 He's basically fighting Elastigirl. Uh, anyway, like a discount Elastigirl. Anyway, um, I don't know. I think uh, I think this character's come a long way. I think uh, there's a lot to be excited about for like just in general it's a new mcu movie and black widow's finally getting her chance i don't know i don't know if it's just almost like it's too late past the excitement window for me that i can't quite get behind it um as much as i want to um and there's not really anything about like i mean sure the casting is great you know rachel vice florence pew david david harbour we kind of touched on all those like great casting uh, obviously scarlett J- johansson i'm, I'm totally fo- in for her in the role i think she's great um she's definitely gotten better um but 
Uh, but like behind the camera, we got Kate Shortland, who like I'm really happy that they have a female directing this, but like just doesn't really have anything in her like IMDb that like says anything to me. Um, I don't know what landed her the job. And then the other uh, one of the other writers, um, again, kind of same thing. And then we also have a writer for Godzilla vs. Kong and Thor Ragnarok. And like the big thing to me is uh, one of the executives for Agent Carter is writing this and like. That seemed like a match made in heaven. So, um, script doctor on Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Um, Lots of stuff in in the Marvel Universe that he's just been kind of working um, on kind of here and there. Uh, Eric Pearson. uh, uh, I don't know. Nothing about this film is saying you really got to get there. But if it didn't have Marvel Studios or the MCU attached to it, I'd probably even be lower than Matinee. That's fair. Yeah. I think I'm all out of thoughts. <laughs> it doesn't help that this movie's been pushed back like four times at this point, you know? Sure. Yeah, I guess that's another point. Because, like, I don't know. Like, I'm. it's hard to stay excited for a movie for a year. Like, I'm kind of already over Dune, right? And, <laughs> like, I'm already kind of over the next 007. And I'm already kind of over, you know, all these movies that have gotten pushed back that we've been hearing a year about. I w- I'm pretty sure if I went and saw it, if Tenet kept on getting pushed back until now, I'm pretty sure I'd walk into theater and super underwhelmed for Tenet. Um, you know, I just waiting a year and a half for, for something. Um, it's just hard to stay excited. Um, now, granted, it's only pushback because of COVID, not because of like script doctoring and like that. Yeah. But, but it's just hard to maintain ex- that excitement for something that I wasn't necessarily excited for anyway. Can you imagine if COVID happened between Infinity War and Endgame? Oh, no. <laughs> I think about that a lot, actually. Austin's eyes just blew up. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> He's like, that's the, that's the worst timeline. That's nice the darkest timeline. <laughs> that's the darkest time. That's the one. Yeah, darkest. We would have waited five years, actually, for that movie to come out. Just like yeah. in movie. <laughs> Man, that would have been that would have been just like living with that. Like, do we think Disney would, no, Disney would have waited for, for that movie for sure. They wouldn't have done your access. So they wouldn't have just released it on Disney plus. Right. Like, and obviously they would have been smart to wait because highest grossing movie of all time, not counting re-release or inflation. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, like just it, things are just insane. Like that would, that would have been insane. And like, I, I don't know. It's also like, look, when they announced black widow, they also announced, uh, Thor love and thunder, and they announced um, uh, the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness. And it's like, it's just hard to be excited about Black Widow when you've got Shang-Chi on the horizon and the Eternals on the horizon and Doctor Strange by Sam Raimi on the horizon. Like, it's just hard to be excited about Black Widow uh, in comparison. I guess that's my, maybe my final note. So. It's Yeah, it's, they got a lot coming up and I completely understand because... You know, it's a character that we just kind of expected to have this movie by now, and we got so much other stuff that's coming along. So yeah, that's fair. Austin, do you have one last thing? I mean, I kind of agree. It's uh, we got a lot coming at the end of the year for the excitement to hold out, but I, I'm still excited. Uh, I uh, really was wondering when it first got uh, talked about that they were doing it, but uh, even with it being pushed back, I was like, I'm still wanting to at least figure see how they're going to handle this story. Yeah. I think I think honestly the most exciting thing about this movie is Taskmaster, but we'll see. I, I I'm 
I'm kind of wondering, are they going to use him to springboard some... Are they going to use this movie to try to springboard Easter eggs for Fantastic Four? Or, or now that all that's official. Um, I don't know. how. Are they going to use this to set up the future of the MCU? Or is this just going to be a nothing movie? All right. Alex, we have waited. We finally come to this time. We had to talk about Puss in Boots. We had we went through Shrek one and two to get it. We skipped Shrek three because of you, but uh, I think it's time to move on to the tip topic. We're kind of we're kind of talking circles around Black Widow. So, uh, <laughs> Puss in Boots. Uh, this is a 2011 film. It was available to it is available to stream on Netflix if you're uh, interested in checking it out. Uh, the synopsis for this movie is an outlaw cat, his childhood egg friend, and a seductive thief kitty set out in search for the eggs of the fabled golden goose to clear his name, restore his lost honor, and regain the trust of his mother and town. All right. Uh, the way we start this off is with our history with the movies. Um, Alex, you picked the movie. What's what's your history with Puss in Boots? So the reason I chose this, because uh, if you guys have listened to the last two episodes I was on, we got to talk about Shrek 1 and 2, and Shrek in 1 and 2 already has like a special place in my heart. Uh, even though I say like Jurassic Park is definitely a movie that like inspired my love of film. This is something that like it set me on the path. You know, there's a lot of good stuff. And when they made Puss in Boots around like 2010, 2011, uh, I was kind of getting a little bit too old. At least I felt like, cause like when you get like into your, you know, teens, you're like, I can't be watching animated stuff, but I did watch, uh, Puss in Boots, and I really enjoyed it when it came out, and I never saw it again. <laughs> I was like, huh, what if we just talked about Puss in Boots instead of Shrek the Third? Because, I don't know, seems like a safer bet. <laughs> and here we are. Sure. Austin, what's your history with Puss in Boots? Uh, haven't seen it till today. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, have you seen any of the Shrek movies? Uh, yeah, I had watched the first two. I don't remember watching the third one until like the past couple years. But I, I really okay. loved the first two. And then the 2011 was that time when I was more like adult PG-13 R-rated movies that I was seeing. And like superheroes and stuff like that. I wasn't going to seeing kids movies because I had missed uh, Inside Out and Up at that time. And now and Puss in Boots. And never had went back to seeing it. I had seen the CinemaSins video. And that had told me enough about the movie that I didn't really want to go see it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'll check it out since it's on Netflix. And we're, we're going to talk about it. So. All right, yeah. Um, look, uh, this this just came out at the worst possible time for my life uh, because it came out in 2011, and I was uh, that had been 16 at the time. And like, this isn't a movie made for a 16 year old. Uh, and not only that, but Shrek one and two had been great, uh, and then Shrek the third came out, and I remember seeing it right when it came out, and like, it's a piece of garbage. Um, I haven't seen it since, so I don't know <laughs> if I still think it's a piece of garbage. But based off of what literally everybody says about it, you're I'm, right. I'm sure I'm right. Um, so, like, I don't know, if Puss in Boots would have come out before Shrek the Third, it's almost just like the Shrek franchise was never going to recover from Shrek the Third, especially because these movies aren't produced quickly. Uh, Shrek was 2001. Shrek 2 was, like, 2004. This is, like, seven years after Shrek 2. I'm ju- I just wasn't interested in this franchise anymore. Um, so, um, yeah, I-, I-, I just never saw it. Uh, but my roommate in college really liked it. And so I said, all right, well, maybe I'll check it out one day. And then the Shrek movie, you know, I, I was kind of excited to see this one. So um, there we go. There's all our histories with this movie. Uh, Austin, I want to start with you. Uh, how do you feel about this movie? Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I'll give it a just an okay. Uh, it's way better than Shrek the Third, from what I remember. <laughs> it's been a few years since I've seen Shrek the Third. Um, but I thought it was just going to try to be Shrek. 
with more mainstream, popular uh, fairy tales. But it, I, I, I caught myself laughing a few times, and uh, the story wasn't half bad. And um, I, I mean, a lot better than Trek the Third or Trek Forever After. So okay. I'll give it okay. Look, I'm gonna be right there with you. I think it's just okay. Um, I, look, there are moments that I really love, and there are moments that I really hate, and. You know, it just, everything kind of balances out to just okay. Uh, Alex, how do you feel about this movie? You said you loved it when you first saw it. Uh, how do you feel about it now? Uh, yeah, I was like, again, 11 or 12 at the time, and I was surprised even that I liked it. And yeah. now, I'm on high side of okay, but I completely agree where it's like, there's a lot of good stuff here, but that's the problem, is there's a lot of good stuff here that could have been done. Sure. Well, let's, uh, look, how about this? Well, let's break it down. Let's start about the, po- let's start talking about the positives. What are the things that we like about this movie? We're all at, this is just okay. Um, watching it, you know, at however, at, at each of our respective ages in, in 2021. Uh, what are some of the things that we like about this? Um, one thing that I do want to mention is like, it separates itself from Shrek pretty well, in my opinion, because Shrek has like a thing where it constantly loves to do like the pop culture references and stuff and that's that's fun i like shrek for that it works fine there but i like that post and boots in a way takes itself just a little bit more seriously it doesn't rely on your knowledge of the other movies to work you could totally watch this without watching shrek and i think you'd still be fine uh and a, a positive for me this is i, I believe 2011 the animation uh for DreamWorks, you know, like they've always been pretty good, but like I watched this the other day and just like Shrek 2, like this one's really good on the animation side. There was very little that I had problems with there. One character, uh, I forget her name, uh, Selma Hayek's character sometimes a little odd, but other than that, everything just looked amazing in my opinion. We were looking pretty soft paws. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The animation's good. Uh, it's not like Pixar next level stuff. It's good. Yeah. Um, and uh and kind of like you said it separates itself from shrek a, uh, a little bit one of the things that's great about shrek is how it's kind of a parody of, of shrek and shrek 2 is it's kind of a parody of like a bunch of different fairy tales things and so it kind of just creates its own world where all these fairy tales are true and it kind of gets to like choose which ones it pokes fun at and this one just focuses on humpty dumpty and the jack and the beanstalk and i think a little bit more of a narrow focused um really serves this universe well um really helps it stand out because you don't have an ensemble cast um you have puss in boots and so one man's one journey i think uh or one cat's one journey uh really <laughs> uh, it just really helped out the movie uh really really helped it to be uh um re- really helped it to kind of set apart from itself and look we can't not talk about the voice cast uh just with specifically antonio banderas and salma hayek but i mean obviously we know they have chemistry desperado um but like Amy Sedaris is in here, Guillermo del Toro, Billy Bob Thornton, Zach Galifianakis. Pretty well-rounded voice cast. It's definitely a positive. Austin, what are, what are some of the things uh, you want to add to that? I will agree with Alex on the animation. I noticed like the first shot of Puss in Boots. You can see all the whiskers. You can see all the hair moving. Mm-hmm. That uh, was one of the things I loved about Toy Story 4. It was incredible um, how computer animation has come so far. Uh, the voice cast, too. I kept thinking Zach playing Humpty Dumpty was... Uh, Patton Oswalt, because he just sure. had a very Patton oswalt sounding voice. But Have uh, you been watching MODOK recently? Maybe that's what confused you. <laughs> I haven't checked it out yet, no, but I just, oh, it, it really sounds like Patton Oswalt to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Selma Hayek was pretty good. Uh, she was one of the reasons I wanted to see Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, but hadn't seen it yet. But 
mm-hmm. the cast was just great for this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some things that work with it. Um, all right. So, so let's do a round of what is, what are some things that just don't work with it? What, why, what are the things keeping us? I mean, if, We've said some things. Uh, Austin, I kind of want to kick it back to you. What uh, what, are, what are some of the reverse? What are the things that really don't work that well in this movie? That Humpty Dumpty is just there all the time, just behind the scenes <laughs> we didn't see. <laughs> he's laying sure. in bed with that first dude that had Puss in Boots in the cage. <laughs> and then he's in sure. the cat bar and everything. And just uh, And working alongside Jack and Jill. like just, The way they set it up to get Puss in Boots to get the magic beans uh, was very convoluted. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'll also just kind of add to that. Uh, this movie really suffers from, I mean, I said prequelitis earlier, but like in a different way, because uh, when I said it for Black Widow, it's like we don't we know where we know like where this movie is going to end up, um, at least in terms of the grand scale of things like she ain't dying. Um, this this really um, spends too much of its time and too much of its screenplay trying to explain how this is a prequel um, and, and really set it up in that way. Uh, it, it, there's there's a lot of references to just like, well, we introduced... All right, so it's like this. Uh, Alex, you're a big Arkham fan, like I am. Like, yeah. Like, you remember when after we played Arkham City and then Origins comes out and you play Origins and, it's, and then you get the Electrocutioner's Gloves? It's like, why don't I have the Electrocutioner's Gloves in Asylum and City, right? Like... Yeah, um, right. It would be helpful. So like, uh, so like, it just it, this movie goes out of its way to explain why Humpty Dumpty isn't mentioned a reference, why um, Salma Hayek's Kitty Softball characters isn't around. Um, like, it, it's, it really goes out of its way to try to like sever any future ties by the end of the. Um, and I don't know. That's that's distracting. I actually so. Okay, so those were definitely negatives, but they weren't the ones that I was thinking of. The negatives that I was thinking of in particular is because I had mentioned that Shrek, you know, it relies a lot on like parody of fairy tale characters and pop culture and stuff, and it has a lot of fun with that. And that usually helps, you know, balance out the movie whenever, you know, it's it's just sort of dragging out a bit. Like, because we, whenever we talk about Shrek 2, we talked about how there's kind of like that middle part where it drags on, but it does have some nice little side gags. So stuff, you know, that just pokes fun. And because you lose that here, whenever this movie just sort of just drags on, that's just kind of what it does. You know, there's not a whole lot of side fun to be had because it's too focused on just being a prequel. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. This movie should have been a lot more fun than it is. Right. Like Puss yeah. in Boots is a really fun character and arguably the best part of Shrek 2. Like, is it, is it the movie's problem or is it kind of like, uh, kind of like Jay and Silent Bob? Like a lot of people would say, like they're really best served as side characters. But like I would argue, I think Jay and Silent Bob is the best of the East universe. But um, anyway, sure. um, that's maybe a, I guess that's another side thing. But uh, uh, like, is it is it this character isn't leading cat material, or is it just like it's just a pretty unimpressive screenplay and story? I think they just needed more time with this because it came out super close to Shrek Forever After. And just, I think just a little bit more time on the script probably would have fixed a lot of issues, you know, that's, that's just, like we said, we're in the okay camp and it's okay because it just could have been better. Yeah. I like, it doesn't, it's far from bad, but it's far from great. What do you think, Austin? Is it, is it a screenplay problem or is it a character issue? I think screenplay, I agree with Alex. I I noticed today that it, I thought it came out like between two and three. Um, It did. 
but no, no, no. After it three, came sorry. out after all four tracks were done, and with a year after. Oh, it Shrek came out after Forever After. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it came out right. within a year of Shrek Forever After, and I think if they would have had a little more time, it could have come out in 2012 or 2013 and would have been a little bit better. Okay. Does does this movie service better, like, if we just take this movie as a sequel to Shrek Forever? I Look, I don't know how Shrek Forever After ends because I don't think I ever saw Shrek Forever After, but my guess is they don't kill Pussum. So, like, is there... Would this movie just work better as a, as a sequel where we don't have to worry about... Like, we could even set up Puss's backstory, but, like, he goes back home um, and then you know, encounters all the Humpty Dumpty stuff. Like, is it is it because this movie's a prequel? Like, would it, would it be a better just as a sequel? I think they were kind of afraid to make a sequel because they always wanted to leave the door open to come back to Shrek. Because there's always that rumor that Shrek 5 or Shrek the reboot is happening behind the scenes and they're just trying to figure out how to do it. And I think that's why when they made this movie, the choice to just be a prequel just in case, you know, because, hey, fan characters, you know, bringing them back into the mix always makes you that money, so... Gotta do what you can to make sure your favorites are around. But I think, uh, yeah, prequel is the problem, in my opinion. Okay. What do you think, Austin? Yeah, I mean, it's I noticed it spawned two more sequels and a TV show on Netflix. Uh, so the character's popular, so it would have been fine uh, with doing a sequel and setting it. I can't remember what the end of Forever After was. I've only seen it once. And I, I think prequel, establishing a prequel and trying to change backstory that we already know is what... Or, Fair. Yeah, and it should be worth that none of us knew that there's a there's a new Puss in Boots movie coming out next year. Um, and yeah, there was the the sequel series, but we haven't gotten just a straight up like film sequel. Yeah. I don't think uh, there's a short, the Three Diablos. Okay. I thought um, that was a cool movie. I didn't click on it. I was just looking on IMDb. Yeah, me too. And there's of course Shrek the Halls. Um, <laughs> that was way before. Yeah, but they, there's the um, there's a TV show which looks like Antonio Banderas doesn't voice him. Why would you watch Puss without? Anyway, uh, they're in post production for a new Puss in Boots movie. Is something? Uh, oh, it just uh, I think I think if this movie's a sequel, it works better. Uh, but like, I, again, I think it's still you can have it be a prequel. It just the writing wasn't great and it wasn't clever. Not much of this movie was clever. It it was a little long, which is weird saying for this is a relatively short movie, but it definitely felt long. Uh, I'm trying to find the exact timestamp. Did you? I mean. It felt longer than either of the Shrek movies, and it's an hour and 30 minutes, 90 minutes, and it felt longer than most animated movies I've seen. I don't know. Did, did, is that just me? No, yeah, I got that's... 50 today, and I was like, uh, how much more is left in this movie? And there was 40 minutes left in the movie. Right? <sighs> yeah, look, I, I wish I had more specific things I could say. I just, I watched it right after Alex and I recorded Shrek 2, and I just didn't feel like rewatching it again. And, I mean, that should say something. Now, I had a busy week last week, but, like, I could have watched Shrek, or I could have watched Puss in Boots this morning if I really wanted to. I just didn't really feel like it, and like that says something. I don't, I don't think I'll like never watch this movie again. But like, it'll probably only be like, oh, I'm watching the Shrek movie. Like, I'd throw this in there definitely before I'd throw in Shrek third. I'm gonna, we're gonna watch Shrek third next time Alex is on though. So maybe we just need to do three and four, so it's not just a hate fest. I'd be open so, to it. So like, I don't know. Just like I. I this there are certainly worse movies to see. There's certainly worse animated movies to see. I mean, this is like you know, this is no like Secret Life of Pets or anything like that, or Boss Baby. You know, this is like a, a okay, okay movie. I guess I don't really know how people feel about Boss Baby. I'm assuming we'll find out in ten years when those babies grow up that watched it. <laughs> Man, it'll be interesting because like all the animation stuff that's coming out right now, like I really think most of it holds up because even adults are like, this is great. Like 
I don't think in in 15 years people are going to be like, man, remember when we thought Big Hero Six was good? Like, no, like you know, 10 years ago when crap like this was would you know when crap was coming out, adults were like, that's garbage, and then all of a sudden things got good, and adults are like, this is great. So. I yeah. think the fact that we're like here and there just trying to come up with what else we can dissect about this movie proves it's just so okay. Well, and like, look, I, I watched it, what, maybe two months ago? But like, Austin watched it today. Like, how much of this movie have you already forgotten? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can't remember any memorable lines in this movie. I can't remember any scenes. I mean, I guess there's there's the initial scene with uh, with uh, Puss and, the, uh, and Kitty um the Salma Hayek cat like where they have like a, a sword fight in in the bar in like one of the first scenes like that was that was a good scene like I enjoyed what was going on there um but like that's about it <laughs> and I can't tell you any specifics that happen I know they're just like you know they play with the chandelier and stuff like that's a fine scene but nothing to write home about I did enjoy the backstory of Puss in Boots growing up with Humpty Dumpty. I thought that was a little bit fun. It's forgettable, but like I thought it was fun. You know, Puss looked really cute there. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, Puss, Puss in Boots is adorable. Yeah, as as always. So and oh, and it was really cool seeing uh, Humpty teach him the trick of if you just like make your eyes really big and purr. Like I thought that was really funny. All right, yeah. I remembered something cool because because like that's how you do a callback. You know, to one of the most iconic moments, you have him learn it. Like, yeah, I thought that worked well. Um, if you want to, if you want to look at examples on how to call back well, see Puss in Boots. If you want examples on how to call back terribly, CF Nine. Anyway, <laughs> um, can we move on? I don't. Yeah, let's. There's <laughs> a whole lot of pauses. <laughs> This is going to be the shortest episode of this podcast ever. Actually, look, we're already going to beat it because, Alex, the first time you were on, the final episode was an hour and six minutes. Like, so I, pr- I assume the B-plot will take us longer than 15 minutes. So. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go for the one of the shortest hip hop out of dream episodes ever. That's okay, though. Um, for some reason, the more guests you add, like, the shorter the episodes have been. It's been weird. Um, all right. Anybody have one last thing they want to say about Puss in Boots, uh, the, the film? I'm good. Um, cool. All right. I don't have anything either. Like, this is just like, all right, let, maybe, maybe let's phrase the question. Maybe let's phrase one last question this way. Um, for people that haven't seen this movie, are you recommending them to see it? No. No? <laughs> if I hate you, then yes. <laughs> Look, I think, uh, I, I think, I think I could recommend this to somebody, but I would be saying like, look, it's no Shrek. It's no Shrek 2. Like it's it's a it's a totally decent animated film. You you might have a mild smile at a couple points, uh, but you could do a lot worse. So it's a super soft recommend. It's almost like I'm not even recommending it. I'm just not warning it. It's almost just like uh, if you really want to watch it, sure, go for it. But you're not missing much by missing it. I feel like that's kind of where I land on it. Been out for ten years, and I just watched it today. So it's true. It's true. Oh man, you're, is it? Oh, I really hope it's like it's 10 year anniversary. Come on, come on, come on. It came out in 2011. When did it come out? Exactly. Where are you at? DB, you fail me. Uh, I just want to know if it's... October 28, 2011. Not quite one full year. Or ten fulls. But I don't think... You know how like it's the most popular thing on Twitter movie pages is for people to say like 30 years ago this movie it, literally every day there's like 30 years ago this movie hit theaters and it's like yeah, yeah like there's enough movies out there. <laughs> That, like, sure, it's always going to be some iconic movie's anniversary of theater or home release, right? Um, 
I don't think I don't think anybody, not even discussing film, is going to be like ten years ago. Puss and Boots released, the, like, you know. You want to make a bet about it? Ma- <laughs> look, maybe screen, maybe Screen Rant will, but Screen Rant will publish anything anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll make a bet with you, Alex. How much you want to bet? <laughs> uh, I don't want to bet money. I want to bet something fun. Shrek the Third. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. We already committed to Shrek the Third next time you're on. We'll find something, and whenever I come on, I'll figure out something that bet. All right. Uh, you listening at home, if you have ideas for what we should bet on to see if Discussing Films Twitter does a Puss in Boots release 10 years ago today, uh, I am on the side of they're not going to, and Alex is on the side of why not. <laughs> so if you could think of things that we can bet... Uh, that would be fun. Leave it you in can, replies on Twitter. Or add us on Twitter because I will see it. <laughs> yeah, do that. That'll be fun. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to the best ever challenge. Now, Puss in Boots is a spinoff of Shrek. It, it is a prequel, but th- I, I think this is categorized differently because Puss in Boots was never the main character of any of the Shrek movies. It was always Shrek. So, yes, this is a prequel, but this is a spinoff, not like The Rise of the Planet of the Apes is a prequel, but it's not a spinoff. Um, because it's trying to establish itself in the same in the in the same universe. Like well, I guess it also anyway. Um, <laughs> because Puss in Boots and Black Widow are spinoffs. I think arguably Black Widow is the first spinoff uh, in the MCU because we've had. I mean, I guess maybe Black Panther because he was introduced in Civil War, and maybe Spider Man because he was introduced in Civil War. But like, I wouldn't count Captain Marvel because that was her first appearance, right? Yeah, that was her first appearance. What I mean, like, I mean, like, other than the post credit scene, but she doesn't um, really appear, though. Right, right. Like, but this is uh whatever for for argument's sake. We're look, we're just gonna have to allow a lot of grace here. Um, this uh, this BEC. Um, but since Black Widow is a spinoff of the MCU, um, within the MCU, and so was Puss in Boots. Um, I thought it'd be fun. Let's do best ever spinoff movies. Although by request from Alex. We're doing best ever spinoff movies or TV shows. We'll lump those in in there. So we're allowed to do either of those. We'll do it Trump rules. Um, and so we'll start number five and work to number one. Um, also, this is a good point to remind people, if you have something you want us to do during the BEC, or the B plot, it doesn't have to be a best ever challenge. If you have something that you want us to do, uh, I would happily take any fan suggestion. If you got something, send them on Twitter. Uh, would really would really love to hear what you guys want to keep um with all that said um who wants to start us off what is your number five best ever spinoff uh austin why don't you kick us off uh number five um i mean i wanted to talk about the arrowverse um but uh that would be my number one uh can't think of <laughs> uh kind of put me on the spot <laughs> oh, i just figured you had it written down somewhere uh-uh, I, I just came up with one i didn't know i didn't <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Here's what we'll do, Alex. Why don't you give your number five, and then I will give mine. And Austin, that'll give you some time to kind of think of some, you know, Google in a side tab somewhere, and 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 get a couple down. Alex, what is your number five spinoff movie or TV show? At, at number five, uh, I got Wandavision. It's pretty recent, but it's number five for me. Uh, it could possibly go higher for me. Uh, it's odd because when it came out, everyone was talking about it and then when it stopped of course it dropped off but like i've heard people like give it side eye looking back like wandavision sucks i'm like whoa 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 we were losing our minds over this what what happened i feel like i'm betrayed because i loved it (laughs) yeah look uh 
you I remember you asked me, does WandaVision count? And I, I, I said yes because it's Wanda or Vision have never been the main characters of the movies. And so yeah, I think that they count. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier could count. I think Loki could count because none of them have ever been the main character of the movies they've been in. So uh yeah, definitely if we're talking um some of these, yeah, I totally I totally think WandaVision is my favorite of the three. Um Loki hasn't ended yet. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes, but there's something really special about WandaVision and yeah, people that want to go back and give it side eye, they can just, uh, uh, I don't know, go away. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, it's it, honorable mention for me. Uh, I don't think it would make my top five. Um, but, but I'll give it a, I'll give it an honorable mention, um, uh, for sure. Um, nice. all right. My number five, we are going with fast and furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, nice. Are we, am I going to get Trump there? Are we good. All right, uh, we're good. Um, no, nobody's going to trump me on that. Look, I think this is the best Fast and Furious uh, movie. Um, there's something so good about this. Uh, it, it's just the right amount of ridiculous. And you put The Rock and Statham and Idris Elba in there. You know, sprinkle a little Ryan Reynolds on top and have it by the John Wick director. Look, I, I think this movie's just... It, it's kind of dumb, but it's a lot of fun. And it's definitely the best of the movies. So that's my number five spinoff is Hobbs and Shaw. It's a great uh, time. It really is. It really is. Austin, what's your number five? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the first Fantastic Beast movie. Okay. Um, nice. Uh, the first one specifically, because it actually kind of, even though it's prequel and has prequel items, it's self-contained. And I love um, Eddie Redmayne and his Newt's Commander. Uh, that just made the movie. Um, second one was not as my favorite as the first, but I, I, I will find myself going back and rewatching the first one more times. Some of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I mean, I had this in honorable mentions. Like, I, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, and I don't think I care for this movie that much. I mean, definitely more than Crimes of Grindelwald, but like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm already not a big Harry Potter fan, so it was really, I, di- I didn't get into, um, I didn't get into the Fantastic Beasts movies. I'll, I'll watch it before the next ones come out. I'll rewatch them, but um, yeah, uh, honorable mention for me. Uh, Alex, what you got? Number four. At number four, I've got Bumblebee. Uh, it's a movie that I've just grown to love over time. I love it so much. Uh, I, I understand where people are like, this is kind of a little bit campy at times because uh, it's got some tropes that like, there's like bully characters that are straight out of an 80s movie, which is odd. And it's pretty funny because the movie takes place in the 80s. Uh, Bumble, like I'm not huge on the Transformer movies. I like the first one. I'm positive on it. I think that's the best out of at least those five. Haven't seen the last two though. So, but I, I imagine I'm not wrong. There. Yeah, I'd and, imagine you're not wrong. <laughs> and uh, I think I mentioned it on the podcast for I'm a huge Haley Steinfeld fan ever since Edge of Seventeen, and she's just she's in everything almost. She's even going to be in the MCU soon. She's mm-hmm. in uh, the Spider Man animated uh, Spider Verse movie. You know, God, I'm slipping my name. But uh, she's the one thing that makes me love this movie a lot, uh, her performance. And John Cena also has my favorite line of the entire Transformers series when he looks at uh, some people and goes, their names are literally Decepticons. Is that not uh, like red flags or anything? (laughs) Yeah, look, as somebody who watched the the original trilogy not too long ago, uh, the first one is definitely the best. Uh, I used to hold that the third one was, but... First one is definitely the best. Four and five are terrible. Um, I, I, I think I like Bumblebee more 
just watching the other ones because I remember leaving the theater and be like, that was a totally okay movie. But like, I don't know. It's almost like you compare a shiny turd to a liquid turd and I'm going to pick the shiny one every time. So <laughs> um, here we go. I, I have a feeling I'm going to get trumped on this one. Uh, number four, by the way, Bumblebee honorable mention. Uh, at number four, I have the Lego Batman movie. Trump. Yeah. Trump. All right. Austin, at least that's to your number four. Uh, number four for me would be Deadpool. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I thoroughly uh, love the first Deadpool. It was just uh, after the letdown that was X-Men Origins. This movie didn't even know it was being done like everyone else. And then we get that little teaser video game, like footage, whatever. We got That got leaked. And then that just was like, oh, I'm definitely seeing this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first Deadpool is great. Um, this would have been an honorable mention for me, but it's not for a reason that I'll explain later. Uh, but definitely great pick, for sure. I, I really considered having it on at one point. Um, yeah, it's great. I don't know how much more we can say about it. Honorable mention for you, Alex? Yeah, uh, it's an honorable mention for me. It didn't quite make the list, but it was definitely almost there. I, yeah. I loved the first Deadpool and... Uh, I'm even. Th- I'm almost thinking that the second one's probably favorite out of the two, but they're both just really good equally right now. Okay, sure. So, what is your number three then, Alex? My number three is the Lego Batman movie because we uh we just trumped it, but now's a good time to talk about it. Well, hold on, hold on. Are we gonna trump it again, or or, or is it further down three? Is it higher uh, for three than you? Oh, it's my third one too. All right, oh, okay. so, we, nice. so we can talk about it now. That's all right. Yeah, kick us all off, right. Alex. So, uh, I felt as much as I talked about how, like when Puss in Boots came out, I wasn't really into animated movies all that much. I am into Lego video games. I love them so much. I still play them to this day. I actually, there was a steam sale, just bought like a bunch of them for $5. (laughs) And I I just hear the sound effects of the coins that you pick up every time, all the time. But, uh, I loved the Lego movie when it came out and I was like 14 at the time I was outcasted on that because everybody else thought I was like crazy. I was like, this is good. This is amazing. I know you're not like young, but you don't have to be young to appreciate it. And then I love, and Batman is my favorite. He's always been my favorite. And I loved his character in that movie. And I, man, this, it's weird because when I saw the Lego Batman movie, I definitely loved it. And I was like, "Eh, that's kind of okay. And now I'm back in the, I just love this so much. I finally got a chance to rewatch it about two months ago and it holds up perfect. And I, I want to hear what you guys got to say about it. For me, uh, I, I fell in love with the opening sequence of him taking down all the villains in that power plant. That just set it set it for me. It was like, okay, so this is what we're here for. And I, I fell in love with the whole movie just from there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was just kind of underwhelmed because I love the Lego movie so much. Um, and I think I wanted it to be as good as a Lego movie is. And it's not. Um, it's my number two favorite Lego movie. Um, but the um, it's... It's totally good. Uh, there's a lot of fun comic book nods to those that read the comics. Um, they, they have a lot of fun. Like, there's a whole section where they even get like a bunch of character, like a bunch of villains that you've like never heard of, or a bunch of characters that you would never see in a in a Batman movie. So they bring out like Condiment King, and it's just like like the movie knows how to have a lot of fun. It's a it's a good time. Um, I don't love it, but I really like it. So for and sure. Speaking of villains good. that we were never gonna see, Polka Dot Man coming up soon in Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, maybe we'll get Condiment King in there somewhere. I'm look. I I don't think James Gunn has said who Taika Waititi is playing yet. Um, I wonder if he's the voice of Starro, but 
it would be it would be fun to see him play Condiment King. Yeah, uh, and they just hold him as a surprise from the trailer. So <laughs> I would be down for that. Uh, my number three is Creed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, there's there's enough different about this. Like I, I realize that it is kind of a sequel and, and all that, but like you're taking this brand new character and making him a new and the the new star of this of this franchise. Um, it's kind of a reboot. It's kind of a sequel. All that. I think. It, I think it counts as a spinoff for sure. Um, and this, the first, this, the, both of them are are solid movies. But the first one is by, is way better than the second. Um, I think Creed is my favorite movie in the Rocky franchise. Um, it's really good. Michael B. Jordan is excellent. Directed by Ryan Coogler is terrific. Uh, Tessa Thompson is always excellent. Um, Stallone even put, put, bringing in a really good performance. Uh, yeah, uh, Creed's my number three. That's a good pick. All right, that leads us to number twos then. Uh, Alex, what you got at number two? At number two, I thought a little bit outside of the box, and uh, it counts because it is a spinoff. Uh, number two, I've got The Simpsons because this is a spinoff oh, from the Tracy Ullman show. That's right. And uh, it's still going strong. It's probably going to outlive all of us. They'll just find a way to sample everyone's voice into AI and just you know keep the show going. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, depending on who you are, the quality drops over time. But it doesn't take away that like those first ten seasons are really great. They they're iconic for a reason. You know, a lot of people still quote them all the time, especially like the monorail episode. It's it's all great. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It does count. I uh, there's going to be ones that we miss that we don't think of, especially on the TV side, because um, it seems like so many. Like even NCIS is a spinoff Jag, but. Um, yeah, there's going to be ones that we missed. I didn't even think about it. Simpsons would have made my honorable mention, but I don't think it would have cracked my top five. Mm. But I'm not... I, Simpsons is a show that I've seen episodes here and there. I want to go watch all All right, that leads me to my number two. Um, all right, here's the reason why I don't have Deadpool in here. It's because I put Logan here. Um, I think there's enough different about Logan and enough that sets it apart from the rest of the X-Men movies that I think we can count it as a spinoff. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Alright, because like, it, it is set in after everything goes down, right? It's meant to be the future, but like, I don't think it's really canon. Like, like sure it is, but like, there's a lot of stuff that happens between whatever the last chronological movie is and Logan. Like, I don't know if they were ever intending it on being canon or if they were trying to do, you know, what like Todd Phillips did with the Joker. Like, um, but either way, uh, sure um wolverine is the star of this franchise um but at least those x-men movies are really about the x-men it's just he's the main focus um and the origins wolverine and the wolverine are like also spinoffs um uh, i don't know i thought this was my biggest cheat but uh but i don't think it's a cheat at all and you guys said we're okay with it so this is why i have logan nice uh so austin where what is your number two then uh Mine is, I'm going to go with, even though it's a sequel to other movies in the series, I just like it more than the other two, is Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, Annabelle from the Conjuring series. Okay. Uh, the third sure. one in that is my favorite of all three, and it just stepped up the horror and stepped up everything with that story, and just kind of threw everything against the wall right, right there in the Warren's house, so. Yeah, that's fair. We'll definitely count that. It's, you know, it's a sequel of the spinoff, but it is still a spinoff of the Conjuring universe, so yeah, we'll count it. Yeah. Um, I love horror movies, so. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any of them besides the first Conjury, but and I don't, I don't think I'm gonna. But uh, Alex, that leads us to your number one. What is your 
number one. Okay, my number one, I think Aaron kind of saw this coming because I won't ever stop talking about it. And it, it is kind of a bombshell if you don't know me, but my number one spinoff is Minions from 2015. No, I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> Better Call oh my, uh, God. <laughs> my number one pick for this is Better Call Saul. I yeah. love it. This is the second time I think I've talked about it on the podcast. It's my jam. It's almost over. People aren't giving it enough praise. It deserves, like, I, at this point, I if it plays its cards right, I think it's better than Breaking Bad. I just do. Fair. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any Better Call Saul, but I'm not the biggest Breaking so that's not a surprise. Um, cool. I honestly didn't even think of that, because <laughs> uh, I haven't watched it. So, um, Austin, I think you and, my, you and I might have the same number one. Um, I have, oh, no, never mind. We don't have the same number one. I think I have your number one in my honorable bench. I was just staring at it for some reason. Um, again, maybe kind of a cheat. Uh, but I think this counts as a spinoff more than it does anything. I have Rogue One, a Star Wars story at number one. That counts. That counts. Because, like, it's a prequel, but, like, it isn't the prequel trilogy. It's its its own separate story that does lead into A New Hope. So I, I think that Rogue One counts. And Rogue One is my third favorite Star Wars movie. Um, so I, I, I've, you, I think you could have picked solo here if you really wanted. Um, I guess those are the only two that you really could have picked in star Wars at this point. Oh, Mandalorian. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. So Mandalorian or the clone wars could have also counted. I'll still take, uh, I'll still take rogue one over any of them. Partly because Mandalorian hasn't ended yet. And yeah. you know, we know how game of Thrones kind of gradually <laughs> stepped down. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's going to happen as long as John Favreau and Dave Filoni have anything to say about it. But um, either way, maybe too too early to call. Uh, so I picked Rogue One. It's my third favorite Star Wars movie. So um, obviously it means a lot to me. It's like somewhere in the 30s of my favorite movies of all time. That leads us to Austin's number one. Uh, which is The Flash, The Flash TV show. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I love the Green Arrow. And without The Flash taking off, we wouldn't have the Arrowverse. Because they were like originally going to set up if the, he didn't take off, you'd just come back to Arrow and hang out there. And mm-hmm. so now with that, and it's a lighter show than what uh, DC was putting out at that time. So it's always com- comedic and lighthearted, even with the CW drama and everything. Um, I always really liked the first few of The Flash, and I didn't really know much about him when they first started doing that show. Um, so the flash for me yeah flash is where i had honorable mentions and look it might have been in my top five if i would have stuck with it but i just stopped i just got out of all the arrowverse after flash season one which was arrow season four because season four of arrow was terrible mm-hmm. um and season three of arrow was also really not good and uh and i really loved the flash season one but like it became clear especially as they were adding legend tomorrow and they kept on looking at, you know, adding more shows. Like, it became clear, you're going to have to catch up with all of them. And that just didn't seem like something that I wanted to be a part of. That I, I don't have the time to commit to watching four shows simultaneously. So, and, like, only really liking one of them. Um, so, I, I don't, I think for that reason, I don't know that I'll ever get back in The Flash. Um, honorable mention, for sure. I really Same love here. that first season. Oh, yeah, that first season for me. Like, that's the, because uh, I only own two seasons of the Arrowverse on Blu ray. That is one that I own on Blu ray. And the other one is Legends of Tomorrow season three because I do love that season, but it also has the Crisis on Earth X crossover all episodes. So it's my oh, favorite nice. way to watch it. Nice. Yeah, like, I don't know. I love what they've done, but like, you really have to be all in or all out. And I just made the choice to be all out. Anyway. Yeah, once Arrow ended, I kind of lost interest, too. I haven't caught up with any of the newer scenes. Sure. 
because uh, I was really sticking with it because I loved Arrow. Fair. And I, I mean, I enjoyed The Flash at that point too. But after the first three seasons of The Flash, they kind of went downhill too, like Arrow kind of did for a while. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Uh, I think this is also really interesting because I think we all kind of said movies that and TV shows that I don't think any of us would have said. Um, so I think it's interesting that uh, I, I feel like if we were to do this again immediately, um, like turn around and do it again, I think we'd have different lists. Um, I have five honorable mentions. Do, do either of you guys have honorable mentions? I had a couple. I have one more. Okay. Um, uh, I'll go. I'll go with one, and then we'll just kind of back and forth. Um, my one one honorable mention uh, is Jurassic World. Um, I think there's enough separate about world that we can count it a sequel spinoff um, from the original trilogy, and I think. Jurassic World is the second best Jurassic Park movie, but I think there's only two good movies in that franchise. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Jurassic World worth mentioning. Somebody else? One of my, oh yeah, one of my honorable mentions was uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. I, I tend to like it way more than other people do. It it was my number five, and then I counted, and then I uh, looked and I counted The Simpsons, so it it got bumped out mm. by uh, the Simpsons being added to the list. But uh, yeah. I, I love Alden Ehrenreich as his character. I love Donald Glover as young Lando. Uh, Amelia Clark, huge crush. <laughs> so it's like a perfect uh, formula. And I just, I, I'm i pulling for a solo too. Not going to happen, but I'm pulling for it. <laughs> sure. sure. Austin, did you say you had some or no? I had one more uh, Harley Qu- the Harley Quinn movie, the f- fabulous. Yeah, I had Birds of Prey listed as well, for sure. Um, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, as opposed to the first Suicide Squad movie, uh, Harley Quinn was really not not something I expected. Yeah, I think it's my second favorite DCEU film. Um, it's really good. Uh, I I love it a lot. Um, there's lots to love about it for sure. And I think it, yeah, definitely universes are hard to to count what's a spinoff and what's just things anymore. But like nothing about Birds of Prey is affected from movies that come out before it, and I don't think is is going to have like a long lasting impact on the DCEU. So I think calling it a spin-off is totally okay. Um whereas Aquaman, like I don't know you get away calling that a spin-off. Um Flashpoint, I don't know you get away calling that. I, obviously it hasn't come out yet. Um so but yeah, I think Birds of Prey is a really safe one to call and yeah, great pick. Uh I'll toss another one out there and I'll say The Bourne Legacy. Um I like this movie more than most. Um and even though it has a hard time separating itself from The Bourne trilogy, uh really good movie. Uh, Alex, you had more, yeah? Uh, the final honorable mention that I had was Fantastic Beasts, kind of on the same thing where it's like, yeah, I, I, I like it. I'm not overjoyed about it. I wanted it to be on the list, but that sequel, Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, I know, like, it's different from the first movie, of course, but I kind of tie it together as a series and sure. kind of taints it moving. Fair. Very fair. Uh, yeah, I only had two other spinoffs. Um, one of them, I'm shocked you didn't say, Alex, but uh, I, I said Army of Darkness because I think there's enough different about it. Like, I realize it's a sequel to Evil Dead 2, but, like, mm-hmm. it's so different from Evil Dead 1 and 2. I think it counts as a spinoff. I don't know. It's an honorable mention, so you can fight me if you don't agree. I'm not going to fight hard <laughs> to, um, to keep it in there. Well, I was going to say, uh, you can't see it. Nobody actually can. But I'm backing down on my chair because I've never seen an Evil Dead movie. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just like, The Evil Dead 2 is a remake of 1. And then Army of Darkness is a sequel to 2. But there's a time traveling. It's just like, it, it's a sequel, but I don't know. I think there's enough different that I'd call, I'd consider calling it a spinoff. Um, that's it. Uh, and then the other one I had listed, Alex, I'm surprised you didn't say it. But um, I know you really enjoyed Spiral, and I did too. Um, Spiral uh, uh, from the Book of Saw. Um, almost made my top five. 
same here uh i was considering talking about an honorable mention the only reason i didn't is because it's so recent and i have gotten i did get a chance to watch it twice uh i forked over that 20 bucks for the rental on at home and i still enjoyed it a lot but uh i like with wandavision had a couple more months go by and i was like okay i'm really high on this might as well add it but uh i'm worried for spiral because i do like it but sometimes opinions change and this is one that i could totally see myself flipping on but i'm just glad that i'm in positive camp for this right now and i i I want more spiral man i don't think my opinions are gonna change because for the saw franchise you know even doing my binge recently like i've always consistently felt the same way about all the about a movie whether i love them or hate them or think they're just okay like i've always loved them or hated them or thought they were just okay from the start like my opinions have not changed over time um like including jigsaw so like um i'm i i think i'm gonna still really like spiral uh months down the line i have i've only seen it the once yeah there's that well i think that just leaves one other thing left uh speaking of spinoffs we got to do the spinoff um austin let's start with you what is that one thing in pop culture that you really want to tell people like hey you should go check this out or like hey please just it's not worth your time uh i recently and this has been something for year now i guess 10 years now because it's been over since 2010 uh i found out cold case was on uh hbo max which is a show that was on between 2003 and 2010 and because of the music in the show they were never able to and licensing agreements they were never able to put it out on dvd or streaming and somehow have fixed that to have it on hbo max and i've been binge watching that lately and it's it's really good still it holds up really well i've loved almost every episode that i've watched um now and I'm only on this is remind me. This is um. This is people who work cold case files in like New York, right? Uh, it's Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. They do, but it's not anywhere like five to seventy years. I'm sure the cases are somewhat based in reality, but this isn't like a true crime. It's a it's a serialized CSI kind. Yeah. Okay. They they uh, do sign to serialize a couple of famous cases, uh, but mostly it's CSI type. But it's focuses on more of talking with people about what happened rather than forensics and stuff. Cool. Yeah. I just, I, I know there's also like a series called cold, cold case files on Netflix, but it is more like a true kind document. Yeah. Cold case on HBO max for sure. I, rem- I definitely remember that show being on Alex. What about you? What's that uh, thing that you want to tell people to check out or to avoid? Oh, uh, so I recently finally started getting back on my watch list. I'm finally catching up to movies that I've had on there for years. And honestly, I've had this one on who, on my watch list probably since it was added because it's a three-year-old four-year-old movie almost but uh, i finally got around to seeing a movie that i don't hear anybody talk about it's called ingrid goes west are either of you familiar with this? i've heard of it i haven't seen it this is yeah, aubrey plaza right yeah it's aubrey plaza uh and elizabeth olsen and wyatt russell and o'shea jackson jr uh aubrey plaza plays a girl who's like really into social media she's a addicted to replicating it and she finds she idolizes this one girl that's played by elizabeth olsen who seems to have like perfect life like we know those people on instagram like instagram models they're like i'm having the perfect life right now inspirational quote for days and so after uh she comes into a large sum of money she moves out to uh california and starts to replicate her lifestyle and like 
goes as far as to like do some creepy stuff to like worm her way into her life to like kind of be her friend and uh and you like clearly can't root for this character because they're insane like they kind of you know show you that from the very beginning like they, they've got some mental issues that really need help and uh it's, that's where it comes to the dark comedy one of my standouts is definitely o'shea jackson jr who is uh ice cube's son he's pretty good in the movie I, i'm ready to see more of him and stuff and this is a definite recommend it's not amazing but it's it's just something that i don't hear anybody talk about i just kind of want to hear more talk about it yeah i mean obby plaza kind of had that that streak where um right after parks and rec ended she had a couple things that like i was pretty mildly interested in but none of them I didn't hear people talk about so like there's a good chance to go check this one out now because there was this and there was like like the the to-do list I think came out right about the time too that Um, and uh Mike and Dave and And I don't think either of those are supposed to be very good no so but it's good to know that Ingrid goes west I should check out yeah cool my spinoff is one that I know Austin watched I think the same day I did uh, I watched Batman the Long Halloween Part One um I really love dc animated movies um for the most part uh they're really consistently pretty good um and i love how they've kind of freed themselves from the overall narrative that they're they're really able to kind of just make standalone stories and the long halloween is one of my favorite comics of all time um i don't love this animated movie i really don't think it needs to be part one and part two um it's about an hour and a half um i feel like they just wanted to make more money and decided well instead of releasing two or one movie that is two and a half hours let's extend it a little bit and do two that are an hour and a half each and we'll make double the money um so i don't i don't feel like this needs to be two parts um but there's some there's some good stuff in here um some really good voice acting uh and of course the long halloween one of my favorite graphic novels so uh i'd recommend you check it out uh it's not uh it's far from the best dc animation has ever done but it's also far from the worst um so it's not streaming anywhere for free to uh, give it a couple months i'm sure it'll be on x uh and i'd say you can wait just wait till it's there yeah uh part two is supposed to come out at the end of july so um i'll be picking it up because i think part two is going to be a lot better because part one's rated pg-13 and part two's rated r not that it needs to be but uh some rated r batman been so far yeah yeah i mean half of the killing joke was good the actual half that was from the comic oh. yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, that'll do it. That's a wrap. A uh, quick reminder of that Civ Pop Writer's Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for CivPop.com, you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then you can email us at writersroom at CivPop.com, or you can DM me on Twitter, uh, and my Twitter is at Schweitcastle. Uh, same for Letterboxd, find me there. Um, and, uh, while you're doing things, please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps out the show more than you'll ever know, but that's, uh, places people can check out, uh, me and, uh, and check out, uh, think ways to get involved with me in the show. Uh, Austin, where do you want to send people to? Uh, I'm the same on letterbox, uh, Instagram or Twitter. It's green arrow zero seven. Uh, you can find me on any of there at green arrow zero seven, green arrow zero seven, Twitter, Instagram, letterboxd, all that. Uh, oh, and also while you're doing letterbox stuff, follow Sif pop on letterbox because anything we publish on the website, um, film wise, we're also to letterbox and you can also find Austin's profile there. Alex, where do you want to send people to? 
Uh, I have a Twitter. It is Alex Makes Vids. And also, if you're over there on the Twitter sphere and you follow Sip Pop, you've seen that I've been able to collab with the writer's room and I've been doing these uh, edits that have been pretty fun uh, that are weekly highlights, usually go up around Friday. And also on my YouTube channel, Alex Reviews and Stuff, I'm actually posting a compilation of the June and I'm planning on doing compilations monthly. So that's been a lot of fun. So either of those, go check them out. Yeah, and uh, great plug. I totally meant to do it at the start of the show, but I forgot. Uh, Alex has been making some really awesome highlight videos the last month that have been really funny. Uh, they're available exclusively on Twitter, so find uh, Pop on Twitter every Friday evening, and we post the highlight recaps for the for the week. And um, they just keep getting better and better, legitimately. The, the Fast and Furious one where you lined up Frank's words with Tyrese Gibson <laughs> saying, Ejecto Cito, cuz, is... Already a top 10 moments of 2021 for me. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, so Alex doing some great work over there. Um, so check out those on the side. That'll do it. Uh, really appreciate, appreciate you guys hanging out next month. I'll be talking nostalgia movies again. Uh, next week I'm talking uh, road to perdition and history of violence. With Joe, cause it's our comic weeks, the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, and I'm just trying to figure out who, on next uh or next month for the nostalgia episodes we haven't picked out a movie yet uh but it's gonna be uh evan <laughs> evan is uh is gonna be on the show uh we're gonna do another nostalgia pick evan last on when we did brink um and we'll be able to talk about some suicide squad and free guy uh really excited to talk about those but uh but evan will be on next month for a nostalgia but like I said, next week, um, comic books with Joe, uh, Alex, Austin, really appreciate you guys coming on the show, uh, giving your thoughts and your time, uh, all that, uh, great having you on the show. Finally, Austin, Alex, as always, it's great having you. It's really appreciate your time. Well, we'll have to do it again, uh, sometime soon. And Alex, obviously next time we do, we'll, we'll do Shrek in four and Austin, you know, we'll have you on at some point again. Soon. So, um, uh, that'll do it for this week. Make sure you come back next week. And, um, uh, I guess we'll see you then.